God has a gift for you today, and that's the power of His Holy Spirit. Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today, we're going through his series called Close Encounters with Jesus. So, get ready to follow along in your Bible as we join Pastor Mike. look at this. Jesus' body was broken for our healing. Remember that. And don't feel that God has forgotten you if he gives you the red light or gives you the weight because he's going to bless you bigger in the long run. And he said to them, these are the words that I spoke to you while I was still with you that all things must be fulfilled which are written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. Nothing happened to Jesus by accident. The cross was a necessary part of the redemption of what God was going to do for all of us. And I think that's really important because remember this. You as a Christian, nothing happens to you by accident. You are God's child. You say, well, what about the devil? Remember, the devil is still God's devil. The devil can't do whatever he wants to do. He can only do what God allows him to do because you belong to him. Transfer of ownership. Now, remember, Job as an example. We remember there was... No protection for his kids. If you remember reading the story, a roof caved in, killed his kids. People say, well, what about that? If you'll read the story, you'll find that Job was making intercession, offering sacrifices for his children. The question is, why wasn't his children offering sacrifices for themselves? They didn't know God. When you're outside of God, you're outside of God's protection. And when you're outside of God's protection... Things don't necessarily go for the good for you. You see, that's one of the things that I've told people in accepting Christ as their Savior. You need a Savior. You need somebody that fixes you. You need somebody that maintenances you. You need somebody that fixes what's wrong. You leave the owner's manual out, you're going to find yourself, you'll run for a while, and then eventually you'll blow up. That's just the way it works. Well, he says here, All these things were necessary. Now notice verse 45. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scripture. I pray to God that's what happens to all of you when you come here on Sunday morning. That the scriptures are opened up to you via this invisible, wonderful Holy Spirit. By the way, friends, there's many things that I have learned. I've never read in commentaries. It's just as I read along. 
One of the, just a couple of ones that really astound me. I've never read in any commentary. But just as I was reading along, Jesus shows up, meets the woman at the well. He says, give me a drink of water. She says, how is it you being a Samaritan, or excuse me, you being a Jew, ask me a Samaritan, we're a group of half-breeds, for a drink of water. We don't converse with one another. There's a prejudice against us. But Jesus doesn't care about prejudice. He asked the woman at the well, a Samaritan, for a drink of water. And she says, furthermore, the well is deep and you have nothing to draw with, let alone anything to drink out of. You know what Jesus was saying? I'm going to drink out of your cup. I never read that in any commentary. That's just something God showed me. I'm going to drink out of your cup. I'm going to drink out of your bucket you're pulling up with. Now remember, associating with a Samaritan. If you, as a good Jewish person, was downtown and you were walking and, the, and your coat flipped open and hit a Samaritan, you'd need to go seek the, uh, the priest for forgiveness. You defiled yourself. Jesus is saying, I'm willing to not only draw with your well, I'm willing to drink out of the same cup you drank out of. Wow. God opens our understanding when we read his word. God will do it in a church service. God will sometimes do it in a song. God will sometimes do it with a friend that's a Christian. Sometimes an event of life. But God will speak to you because you're his child. That's one of the important things that we understand. He opened up their understanding. And by the way, friends, that's the only way you'll ever understand the Bible is via the Holy Spirit. I've talked to people who are, I've read the Bible, it looks like a phone book. Really? Well, that tells me one of two things. One, either you don't know how to read, or number two, you're not born again. Because if you're born again, the Bible will mean something to you when you read it. Absolutely. And so he says, he opened up their understanding. You know, I just want to encourage you, when you read your Bible, pray, God, open up my understanding to your word. Let your word speak to me so that I'll be strengthened, that I'll understand the things I'm going through, that you'll maintenance my life, that this book is not just a a book of of paper and, and ink, but God, it's actually your living word that will change me and change the way I look at life. I need that. And so he says, and he, he said to them, it is written, and thus it was necessary for Christ to suffer and to raise from the dead on the third day. Friends, that is so important to re- remember. Nothing happened to Jesus. Oh, if, if Judas Iscariot just, just wouldn't have betrayed the Lord, and if Jesus could have got out of the garden that night, the Romans couldn't have captured him, and, 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 and he could have got out of town. No, Jesus went where he always went. He knew they were coming. He knew all those things were going to happen, and yet he remained steadfast. Why? Because he had peace from his Father in heaven to be about his dad's business. Well, here's what we find here. The message of the cross. Verse 47. It was necessary, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. Notice it says that repentance and remission of sins should be preached. You know, it's funny today that this is what's missing in the church. 
It's come to Jesus. Never a word about repenting from the way we've lived. It's just come to Jesus, put God in your pocket, and climb to the top. Well, if you look at this, we actually, I've actually heard people say it's not even necessary for you to repent to come to Christ. Well, if that's the case, then Jesus is lying to all of us here. And I don't think God lies. So it tells me that repentance is necessary. Well, what does repentance mean? Are you tired of wasting your life? That's what it means. Are you tired of chasing the dead end roads? Are you tired of those things that promise you're going to be restored, you're going to be maintenance, and you do their thing only to find that you're usually in worse shape than before you began whatever program they tell you to get on? Why? Because what they're offering you is not what you need. You need a close encounter with a daddy in heaven that loves you. And it's not religion. It's not hoop jumping. It's simply a personal relationship with a father that's in love with you, his child. I love that. See, it's not religion. And whenever, and, and you know, that's one of the things that I always, it doesn't take me very long to, when I start talking to somebody, to find out if they really have a relationship with God or they have a religion. And the minute it ter- turns into hoop jumping, I know that there is something wrong with their relationship with God. Because peace that comes from God will never come through religion. It can't. But it will come through a daddy that I know loves me. You see, that's why for you fathers, and you guys that got kids, especially you, a lot of times the way kids look at a God in heaven is the way they look at you, their earthly father. You have quite a big role, actually. Because not only are you their father, but you're a representative of what a loving father is like. Not irrational, not that you don't, uh, you can't, come to every one of their whims, but the thing is, you have time for them that you'll spend time with them. And you're not always angry with them. And I remember when I was a little boy, I remember crawling up in my daddy's lap, and there was not a better place on earth to be than there. It really didn't matter what anything was, because I knew he'd take care of it. My dad wasn't perfect, but I'll tell you, pretty close to it. I've shared this story before, but I remember I left my tricycle behind my mom and dad's car. Uh, In fact, uh, they say now in, 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 in safety classes that you should walk around your car before you get in your car to back up, especially if you have kids, because you might find dogs, cats, trikes, all kinds of stuff back there. And I remember, I remember my mom put it in reverse and and I heard, and she didn't know what it was, but I did. And she got out and my trike was mangled all up and I was, I was sick. And I was first of all scared that my dad was going to kill me. And second of all, I wasn't going to have a tricycle anymore. Well, my dad got home from work and he looked at it. And he knew how to fix things, and so he put it in the vise and grabbed onto it, and he bent it back around and straightened it out. And I, and I was amazed. I, I, Dad could do anything. Dad could do anything. 
And the jump between an earthly father and a heavenly father was a pretty easy thing when you had a great earthly father. Dads, I just want to encourage you, by the way, be that. You might say, well, Mike, I I never knew my father. My dad left me when my mom, when we were two. Or I never, ever knew my dad at all. I've got some great news for you. You've got a father in heaven that loves you, that's the great restorer, and show you what it's like that you would have a role model in your quest, in your life to be a dad. You're going to have a father in heaven that gives you the wisdom and the unction and the understanding on how to be that kind of a dad. Not a better place to be. You know, when Jesus says peace to you, I really believe that that's not a light statement. I believe that's where God wants us to live. Let me just share this with you. If your personal life is so in turmoil because we are unwilling to surrender to God, those areas of our life that God says we need to repent from, as we're reading right here, we miss then the big battle. In other words, most of our battles for the Christian church today are focused upon themselves and, you know, I'm trying to kick the nicotine, you know. Meanwhile, it's like daddy steps and says, step back and get the big picture. And we realize that the whole world is in turmoil. The whole world is lost But unfortunately, I become so involved in my own personal crises that I can't deal with anybody outside because all my efforts are focused upon myself and trying to just get me to function another day. And we miss what Jesus is saying. Lo, the fields are white with harvest. The labors are few. Pray that the master will send labors into the field. What I'm saying is we can become so such a train wreck in ourselves because we fail to realize a daddy in heaven that wants to give us his peace, that settles us, that, okay, dad, you said no, red light, green light, wait, whatever it is you want, I'm going to trust you. Help keep me focused on the big picture. And that's what's happening, I think, so often in the world today. And in, in the Christian world, we have a big lost world that needs Jesus. We have a big lost world that can't find its way. We have a big lost world that has lost the owner's manual on their life. And God says, hey, I want you to go out there. But God, I've got all these problems. God says, I'll take care of those. Trust me, get in my lap, call me dad. I'll take care of you. Now don't lose sight of the big picture. Then we can preach the gospel. As he says, notice the word should be in this verse. I think that's interesting. Verse 47, repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name. Not in our name, not for some other, but in his name should be. It's underlined in my Bible, I underlined it. Which tells me it it ain't always. As long as I continue on the wrong road, I'm not going to be on the right road. And I've also noticed sometimes in life, the longer I'm on the wrong road, the longer it takes me to get back to get on the right road again. 
That happens. God says, stay on, the, stay on my road. That's where the power is going to be. That's where the peace is going to be. And you're going to be witnesses of these things. What? Of what God has done in your life. Not only we preach a resurrected Savior, but what God has done for me, he'll do for you. And what God has done for you, he'll do for others. Verse 49. Behold, I send you the promise of my Father upon you. Tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. I like that. God has a gift for you today, and that's the power of his Holy Spirit. Friends, this morning, if you've never received Christ as your Savior, you have lived your life without the owner's manual. Now, repentance, again, as I've shared, haven't you wasted enough of your life? That's what really the word repentance means. You're blowing it. Running around circles, not getting anything. Oh, look how much I'm doing. Look how much I'm doing. Now you're not really doing anything. What's it matter in eternity? God says, I got a better plan for your life this morning. And that is that you would live in him forever. If you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, I want to invite you today to pray and tell God you're sorry you've wasted your life. And say, God, from this point on, whatever I have left, I'm going to give to you. Help me be focused on out in the needs in the world and you take care of me. I like that. I like that. Turn it over to daddy. Let daddy be daddy. I'm tired of being daddy of my life. It doesn't work. I need somebody to show me, to tell me, to clarify so I can be in the center of his will, you can be in the center of his will, so we can get the maximum amount done in the shortest amount of time. Friends, we have a big lost world. Have you noticed how awful our politics have become in our country? Have you noticed the instability in the entire earth? Do you realize that you are the answer to that in Jesus Christ? I don't know what's going to happen in the future but I, concerning the world, but I, knew, I do know what's going to happen in the future concerning Jesus. And that someday soon we're going to be with him, and I want to do the best I can for him while I can. And I want you to as well. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the Scripture. That's what God wants to do. He wants to open up the owner's manual to you. You go, oh, I get it. I need an occasional oil change. That's right. Out with the old, in with the new. You know, it's funny what we hold on to. God says, I'm going to be your daddy. This morning, if you've never repented, never turned your life over to Christ, I want to invite you to do that. If you're a Christian that has believed the lies of the world, trying to mix what I want, what God wants, and you're finding it doesn't mix well, I would invite you this morning to just say, God, I want you to be completely in control of my life. I want you to help me understand, comprehend the best that you have for me. And the Bible says he will. But it begins with a willingness of heart on our behalf. I can't, 
I, God's a perfect gentleman. He's not going, he says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. Now, he's saying this to a church, and I think a lot of times he says it to a Christian individual, I stand at the door and knock. In other words, I love you, but you've left me on the outside of your plans. I'm knocking on the door. He doesn't say, behold, I stand at the door and kick it off its hinges. He, he says, I knock, waiting for us to respond. But you know when he comes in, he's going to make changes. I don't like changes. God says, but these changes are good. They're necessary. Let God be God in your life. If you're a Christian this morning and you believe the lie, you've, you, you've become so tied up in your own world, you can't see why God saved us because we have a big lost world out here. I want to just invite you, let daddy be daddy. Let God open the scriptures up to you. Let him refresh your memory on why we have the Bible, the owner's manual, so that you'll walk in his love. If you've never received Christ as your Savior, we're going to pray right now. And you can ask God to come in your life. If you're a Christian, you can say, Lord, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, I let things of this world kind of crowd you out. I'm sorry. The Bible says God will restore us and bless us and heal us. And so if you need to pray, let's pray right now. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. And I invite you into my life. And I'm sorry I've left you out of my life. And so from this day forward, I commit my heart to you. So open up my eyes. Cause me to comprehend what you want to do in my life. And from this day forward, fill me with your Holy Spirit. That promise from the Father, that you will help me each day. Empower me to be about your business. And so I commit my life into your hands. Make me the best I can be for you. Help me repent of my foolish ways, God, and trust you every day that I'll have that peace that comes only from you. In Jesus' name, amen. You prayed that. Welcome to God's family. If you're a Christian and you prayed that, welcome to a restored you. You know, it's funny. You see all these self-help things on television. You know, seven steps to have a positive attitude. First thing you do when you get up in the morning, you smile. When you go and you wash your teeth and you're looking in the mirror, number two, you smile. Number three, when you get out in your car, you smile. Number four, when that guy cuts you off in the red light, you smile. Number six, when you go into that office, you smile. And when you come out of that office and you're walking down the sidewalk with, sidewalk with your one-way ticket to Hawaii, you smile. That's really funny. A lot, of, a lot of people think. But you know, God just says, I love you. Let me bless you. Let me heal you. This morning, if you prayed that, welcome to God's family. Welcome home if you're a Christian this began to believe the lie of the world that if it's not about you, you're never going to be happy. Hey, you're never going to be happy unless it's about him. Father, for every person that prayed today, we just ask you, God, that your Holy Spirit would once again 
do a brand new work in our lives. And so, God, as we take this time to pray for one another, may you be about that best part of our life that we can truly look to you each and every day and know we have your peace upon us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us on It's Time as Pastor Mike teaches verse by verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening. And tune in next time for It's Time.